Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to 1865. This is the match report on the night that Nottingham Forest lost 3-0 at home to Manchester United in the Carabao Cup semi-final first leg. So a sound scoreline that, let's be honest, puts the dreams of Wembley to bed for this season. Forest lined up with Wayne Hennessy in goal, a back four of Serge Aurier, Renan Lodi at fullback, and Joe Worrell and Scott McKenna in the centre-half positions. In the midfield, Danilo was playing number six with Remo Freuler and Gustavo Scarpa either side. And then up front, Morgan Gibbs-White was just behind Brennan Johnson and Sam Surridge. So it wasn't quite a first-choice lineup. Baz, we talked less than a month ago about Forrest losing 3-0 to Man United in a match that you'd been to. Uh, and you've just seen that happen again, but... How did this one compare? Yeah, on paper, it sounds like it's exactly the same thing. A 3-0 defeat, um, Forest equaliser ruled out by VAR. But while there's a lot to be worried about from from tonight, I think the, the performance in general was very, very different. Um, away at Man United, we looked lost and we looked like we didn't believe that we belonged there. Whereas for periods of today's game, we we matched them. Maybe we couldn't quite put the ball in the net enough, but uh, we, we looked capable of playing against them. Yeah, and before we come on to the actual uh, events from the match, I think it's worth pointing out that after the away game in the league at Old Trafford, Steve Cooper bemoaned the lack of self-belief that the players showed on the night. And tonight he was bemoaning naivety. And, and mm. neither of those are good, but there's a world of difference there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I, I thought, we'll probably come on to this later, but I thought one of the differences that really shows in the, the golfing class, as it were, is they had midfield players who, when you pressed them and they were under pressure, even from two players, 
they could not only did they have that close control, but they had really fast thought and could then pick out a pass with it. And the away game, we didn't have anyone capable of doing that. Whereas today, I thought we had a couple of players who seemed to be able to do that. Um, and that that's that's a thing for hope. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that idea about ability and and depth and so on a little bit later on. Let's start off by pointing out that in a home leg, first leg of a two-legged tie, what you want to do is you want to make sure that you keep it compact, you do the things you need to do, and therefore conceding a goal after five minutes really is something that will have had Steve Cooper he'll have been really frustrated by that won't he and I would say it's one of those where if you're a United fan you're saying wow Marcus Rashford what a guy he's so in form which he is um he he really never looked like he was going to 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 miss there but from a Forest point of view Aurier was caught out of position Worrell and Freuler tried to double up on Rashford but couldn't get the ball off him and then Hennessy was being his near post so um I say Neutrals will probably say Rashford's doing well. United fans will be really happy with the attacking play. But from a Forest point of view, shouldn't have happened, I mean, should it? Yeah, the, Aurier being out of position made, let it happen. Uh, I did think Hennessy could have done a lot better. But my immediate thought after the goal was, that's like watching a more elegant version of Stan Collymore. <laughs> okay, Um so, I mean, it's worth pointing out, when a striker's in form, 10 goals in 10 games for Rashford now. Mm. So the fact that he was, you know, having a go at that and and the fact that he was able to kind of do it and, and like those little, those little bobbles yeah. went in his favour, etc, etc. That's what it happens when you're in form. Yeah, it didn't look like he was really putting that much effort into it. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm sure he was, but it was just that... That that shows how confident and informed he is. Mm. Now, I think it's fair to say that having conceded after five minutes, the next 15 minutes were pretty hairy, weren't they, for yeah. Forrest? Um, we didn't look comfortable. It looked like, I mean, in midfield, Casemiro and Eriksson, vastly experienced players, played on the world stage, and and really they were running the show for those next 15 minutes, weren't they? And and, and there was that kind of feeling like, we're not in this. Yeah, and the, the, I think I said at the time, it was like, they, again, it's that, that word, that, the golfing class, the, those two in particular, they just had acres of space, even when we were pressing them, they had acres, they had hours of time to mm. choose the right ball, and they just completely controlled the game. Yeah, and what was interesting about that is um, uh, United were were sort of nominally playing a, a four two three one with Casemiro and Eriksson as the as the deep line midfielders, but Casemiro was the one who was more or less dropping um, towards the defence, and Eriksson was the one who was pushing forward. And by doing that, they just they just created so much space for each other, yeah. no matter what what was going on. Um, now. The thing that rescued the game at that point for Forrest was a formation change. Um, Scarpa was playing as a number eight. Um, Freuler was playing as a number eight and Danilo was the number six. So Freuler was where we'd usually see Yates and Scarpa was where we'd usually see Mangala. And 
I don't think either of them looked massively comfortable in that situation. No. Um, Scarper in particular, he he looked like he's all he always felt like he had to be looking over his shoulder, and that he felt like he didn't really know quite where to look or where he needed to be. Um, and so the formation change came on twenty minutes, and um, what that did is it saw Forrest go four two three one. So Froiler and Danilo formed a two. And then Scarpa pushed a little bit ahead with Gibbs White behind Surridge and Johnson on the right. And that 4-2-3-1 very nearly paid dividends very quickly afterwards, didn't it? Because Danilo uh, won the ball, Gibbs White broke with it, and Sam Surridge was on the left, Brennan Johnson was on the right. Gibbs White elected to, I was shouting, pass it to Johnson, because it's one of those, it looked like it could have been a classic Brennan Johnson Mm -hmm. goal. Um, but he went for Surridge on the left and Surridge did what was, uh, I mean, he, he, he opened up his body. He swept in. We had the perfect angle from where we were to see how he just stroked it. The ball rolled slight curvature on the uh, trajectory, hit the inside of the post and in, and it was a classic Sam Surridge finish. And we were back in the game. And yeah, I could just run what a, what a great goal it was. Yeah. Really was. And then on the screens, VAR, checking offside. Now, it's a binary thing. You're offside Mm. or you're not, aren't you? And, it, you know, let's put it this way. At at Bournemouth, in real time, you look at it and you thought, Surridge is offside there, and he wasn't. And in this one, it didn't even cross my mind that Surridge could have been offside, Mm. even from the angle we were at, which is more or less looking along the line. Didn't even occur to me he could be offside, but... Sure enough, it's a matter of inches, but it's binary, isn't it? You yeah. can't really argue with that, can you? And um, yeah, um, and that's that's what it's there for, I guess. Yeah, but Forrest took some belief from having made that sort of breakthrough. Yeah. Um, so we saw a corner come in, and Scarper hit the ball on the rebound. It I was, was just a word about that because I thought it was uh, it, it was saved. But the rebound, it was like it was wobbling in the air and Scarpa just volleyed it straight off. He didn't need to think about it. Yeah, it was, it was just a perfect volley apart from it didn't go in, apart from it was a straight at the keeper. But the way he shaped for it and the way he took it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and De Gea was sort of diving and did a sort of a rabbit punch to, to, to punch it out. It's one of those where you'd say that if he had been beaten by it, it would be a soft one for him to concede, mm. but he still had to make the save. And then Brennan Johnson... Uh, he did a Brennan Johnson run mm. uh, down the right-hand channel. And it's one of those, it's another one of those, having scored two goals against Leicester, having created the equaliser against Bournemouth. This is back to the whole thing of like, oh, Brennan, just look up, because Danilo was herring down the um, yes. left-hand channel. Johnson had two defenders coming towards him, and Danilo was just opening acres of space. And and a square ball would have been perfect for Danilo to run onto, um, so it, that and and in the end Johnson took the shot and it was an easy save for De Gea low, wasn't it? Mm. And then Johnson had another one where he did so much the hard work. He he kind of just like Rashford had the had the run of the ball for his goal. Johnson had the run of the ball for this. He got past two or three defenders, and then from again because we sit the side of the pitch we could just see couldn't we just mm. as he was about to pull the trigger his body shape just got slightly out slightly out of shape and he just got underneath it and then ballooned it over and you just think okay that's that's four chances now one was ruled out for offside 
there were two comfortable saves, one off target, and we paid the price, didn't we? Yeah. Um, uh, was it Danilo that, that gave it away? It was, wasn't it? It was a loose ball, yeah, um, from, from Danilo. And and um, and I think that's something I want to come back to later, mm-hmm. actually. Um, but, yeah, and they they broke. Uh, it Casemiro picked out Anthony. Yeah. Anthony had a shot at Hennessy, who parried it. Mm-hmm. And then Valt Weghorst, who I had uh, spent the last week um, taking the mickey out of my Man United supporting boss for, for signing, um, then uh, was first to the rebound and like hit it into the roof of the net. So it's your fault? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. And that came literally on the stroke of half time. You know, there was two minutes stoppage time, but nothing happened in those mm. two minutes. What was interesting about that is that having made such progress for 20-odd minutes um, after that Surridge disallowed goal, all of a sudden you could hear a pin drop in the ground because all of a sudden it's just like the team were deflated, the fans were deflated. How had we suddenly found ourselves 2-0 down at half-time? But it was, at half-time, it was somehow 2-0 to Man United. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Okay, there was no changes to either team at half time. And Forest did have a a go a little bit, um, but I think it's fair to say that United will come away from that second half feeling they were more or less in control of the game. Yeah. Uh, There are a couple of moments, so Danilo had a shot which ended up being a bit of a P-roller from the edge of the box, which was a comfortable save for De Gea. Um, I mean, the highlight from a Forest perspective was probably after... Gibbs White had felt a bit wronged for being manhandled in the corner of the box. He then nicked the ball back off Casemiro uh, due to his anger at <laughs> having not been given the foul. Um, he did a little shimmy, twist and turn, hit the ball with his left foot. For all the world, it looked like it was going in. Curling into the top corner. And then somehow, when you'd expect it to dip, it just seemed to just balloon over the over the bar. So that was a bit of a... Uh, a, a gut punch as well that it didn't go in. But then Forrest started making... Well, both teams started both making changes. Both teams started making changes, but I think the, the important one was Danilo came off replaced by uh, Jack Colback. And that was after 56 minutes. And it's understandable. He's not um, he's not played for a little while and he's just come off the after coming off a, a long season. And he's only been in the country for a week, so... Yeah, you can't expect him to play 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, so Danilo came off and we'll talk about him in a little while because he he is worth talking about. Um, just 
about five minutes later, then Scarpa came off for Lingard and Surridge came off for Dennis. And then a little while after that, I think on about just before 70 minutes, mm-hmm. um, then we saw Morgan Gibbs White go down with what's apparently a sore ankle. Not quite sure what happened there, but um, he was replaced by O'Brien and Nico Williams came on for Renan Lodi. And apart from the scoreline, the other thing that's history repeating is Emmanuel Dennis uh, looked well, I'm not going to go as far as I did in the uh, league match where I said he ended up being United's best player, mm. but he almost had that moment of history repeating where he twisted and turned and then passed it straight to United to set them up on an attack. Yeah, they, I think he was looking for to, to do like a 50-yard pass to Joe Worrell, but it just shot, dropped short at like 30 yards and landed directly on, is it Casemiro's foot mm. or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a beautiful pass. Yeah, but just the wrong team. Um, and it's that it's he's not confident, is he? He's no. he's absolutely there, there, there lacking were a couple confidence. of points later on in the game where he got in front of goal and you could see him hesitate before pulling the trigger. Yeah, and, and he did have a, an effort which got blocked and it's one of those whereby a confident striker hits it first time before the defender has a chance to close him and and he didn't. And he's taking that extra touch every single time mm. um, right from his very first touch on the pitch where he, he received the ball very nicely, took a man on, got past him, then did the extra touch, cut inside, lost the ball. And there was even a couple of points where, because obviously one of his, his assets is his pace, and he he got clear of their defenders, and then you could see him like hesitate and wonder what to do with it, and that yeah. gave them time to get back and block him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, worth pointing out as well, uh, Martinez, uh, the United centre half, he was pretty much excellent throughout yes. the game, and 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 he he Emmanuel Dennis with this level of confidence wasn't going to be able to take him on. Mm. Let's put it that way. Um, Let's talk about the third goal because it came late on and again, it felt like a bit of a gut punch, didn't it? Mm. Um, United had also made changes and they'd brought on two young South American wingers and um, I think it was Palistri, was it, who got through on goal. Nico Williams came back, made a last-ditch tackle, but the ball bobbled about. Alanga, who'd come on up front, uh, laid it off to Bruno Fernandes, who... To be honest, as far as I could tell, Fernandez had done pretty much nothing all match, and then he just had a a shot from the sort of edge of the box, which he put duly into the bottom corner on the half volley, and and and, and strangely enough, like it was three nil, which United fans will probably go, that's a fair reflection of our dominance, but for Forest, I say as a Forest supporter, I'm kind of going, that's harsh. Well, I thought 2-0 at half-time was very harsh. Yeah. I think 3-0 at full-time is actually fair. Okay. Because the second half was so different. Okay. And um, let's talk about a couple of things to do with the match. So the first one, I've already mentioned what Steve Cooper said. He's not happy because of that naivety. Do you think he'll be pleased or not that the next match is the second leg Against United, or do you think he'd prefer to have different opponents? I think he'd prefer to do something else to get it out of the system. And Especially you, as the game after that is Leeds, which is very important. Yeah, and do you think, therefore, bearing in mind that he did, you know, 
apart from Gibbs White, you'd imagine they were all planned substitutions. Danilo coming off, Scarpa coming mm. off, Renan Lodi coming off, Jesse Lingard coming on. Um, do you think that he's going to play a reserve team against Old Trafford at Old Trafford against United? I could imagine that no matter what has happened to Gibbs White, I don't think he will play. And I can imagine that Jono probably won't play. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Lingard and Dennis, maybe, mm-hmm. in their places. Okay. Uh, just because I don't want to risk it. If, if Gibbs White has a is carrying some sort of injury, then we don't want to risk it. And Jono's played pretty much every game, hasn't he? So. Yep. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's talk about a couple of key positions in the team. Uh, so I'm just going to briefly mention defensively we've discussed that defensively we we weren't good enough in a lot of ways and and Steve Cooper said the same um it's one of those ones whereby McKenna didn't make big mistakes and neither did Worrell but we look better when Bolly's there mm. because of that presumably just because of that Premier League experience and and his ability to kind of marshal things, um, would you agree? Yeah, it's... it's Last season, Joe Worrell was like the most important presence on the pitch, whereas this season he isn't. And whether that's a confidence thing or just getting used to it or whatever, and Bolly gives us that, that sort of... It's not even the physical side of it, it's the, the, the mental side of it, that stability and the, the organisation and whatever, and that the actually this is going to be all right mm. kind of thing. And once he learned to stop going wandering, yes. <laughs> like he did in his first few matches, which is something that we've talked about in the past. Um, OK, let's talk about goalkeepers uh, Tom of this podcast was particularly scathing in our group chat and uh, I quote Hennessy was absolutely woeful for both of the first uh, of the first half goals as we said earlier you get beaten at your near post and uh, striker scoring off a rebound it, even if you're not getting much protection as a keeper you're going to want to do better aren't you I thought especially the first one I mean off a rebound if you can't hold it, then, yeah, there's only so much you can do. Uh, you're, ne- you're never going to be able to always push it round or whatever. But for the first one, I thought he should have at least... He, he should have made Rashford work harder than he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely think we need a keeper. It, it depend If Henderson's out for six week, more, six more weeks or whatever, that's... It, is it the case that Henderson is a very good number one keeper and therefore it's going to be difficult to get another keeper who's at that same standard because one of them's going to be peed off by the end of the season? Um, probably, but then they, they you could make the argument Henderson's on loan. So, <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? If, you, if you're bringing someone in, yeah, okay. Oh, that's that's bringing someone in on a permanent. That is, I guess, though. Yeah, because we've know. been li- we've been linked to the Croatian keeper whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'd imagine that he would want to come in and be number one. You'd mm-hmm. also imagine that Henderson's probably got it written in somewhere that he will play if he's fit. Um, 
at least in the league. So I don't know. I, again, we don't know what happens with people's contracts. But yeah, it's as Tom has said, um, I'm I'm not quite as harsh on Hennessy in today's game as as Tom is. But yes, there's questions to be answered. And the other thing, um, and we've been spoiled because we had Brees last uh, for the last couple of years, and we had Hendo this year. Is there's that presence thing again? Mm-hmm. Is both of them were very very big characters, and they could not just organise and yell at the defence, but they could get the crowd going as well, and that mm-hmm. made a big difference. I thought the the atmosphere today was really negative. Mm. Um, it's not been like the rest of this season at all. It's it's more like Forest five six years ago. Mm, okay, uh, I'm not sure I'd go quite so far, but certainly, again, I will I will go back to what I said earlier. That second goal just before half time completely killed it. Um, the first goal after five minutes didn't help, in fairness. Mm. Um, but yeah, okay, let's move on to more positive things then. Danilo, um, you said he's young. He's from the other side of the world. He's played a full season in Brazil. He doesn't speak English. He's only but, been here a week. But he was... OK, the, the trouble you've got is when you're playing number six, is that if you do give the ball away, it's likely to cost. Well, so I, I thought he was our player of the match and he made our midfield match theirs for periods of the game. But when Steve Cooper talks about naivety... Danilo's equally guilty. So before the game, we were saying, actually, maybe Freuler could work as number eight because he he plays that way for Switzerland. Mm -hmm. He plays much further forward and he's much more... Front-facing. Yeah, yeah, driving into the box and so on. The problem... and So what what Freuler does for us is play as this number six and he barely moves. He just sits in front of the defence. He's mainly there as eyes to cut out passes and close down passing lanes. It's not even that he makes tackles. It's just his positioning mm. and his... Which is why so many people go, what does he do? Because it yeah. doesn't look like he does a yeah, huge yeah. amount. But... And, and as, as we've said, the best defensive midfielders are the ones you don't notice during the game. Yeah, Danilo playing as a number six and why the tactical change made su- such a difference is he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. He was up the other... Um, especially for the, the, the second goal, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was right up the other end of the pitch, bombing into the box. And if you're the holding midfielder, the single holding midfielder, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But when he had the ball, he was brilliant with it. He was good at taking the ball off other players, tackling. He was running, he had energy. And you made the point at one point that what he can do, there is, he was under pressure from two United players... And somehow he picked out a pass to a player who was behind him. And you're like, how did he even see him? Yeah. And and that's, and that, that's... that's what I was saying earlier about that close control and being able to pick out a pass when you're under pressure. We don't have many. We've Morgan Gibbs-White can do it. Danilo can do it. Maybe Scarpa can do it. I've not seen enough of him yet. Yeah. And OK, we've only seen 55 minutes of Danilo tonight, but... Bearing in mind that there were apparently other clubs, including Arsenal, casting admiring glances his way, I think some of them will be going, you know what, we've missed out here. Mm. Forrest, Forrest have got a good one here. Time will tell, I guess. Um, OK, so 
there were some moments there from Danilo. There were a few moments in front of goal that we really should have done better. Defensively and tactically, we were outdone by United. And the second leg is, I mean, it's it, who knows what's going to happen, but we know that we're not going to Wembley. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we do, then Steve Cooper deserves a knighthood, freedom of the city, <laughs> and, uh, and frankly, he can marry my wife. So... Um, Anyway, we will leave it there. We will be back at the weekend with one of our monthly Forest Ramble discussions. And for what it's worth, we will have a man at Old Trafford next (laughs) week. So he might feel differently about the match than he did at the time that he bought the ticket. And then normal service will be resumed in the league with the Leeds match. In the meantime, I've been Rich Ferraro. This has been the 1865 Match Report. Thanks for listening. Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.